we want to read a read a passage here, and we're going to talk for a little bit about about foundations. Mark chapter twelve, verses thirty and thirty-one, says this. In the NIV, it says, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength." The second is this: love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. From these biblical commandments, we as a church have three foundations. Three foundations that have been laid as Impact Rock Church. And those are these three foundations. Number one, Carol wants to see if any of you guys know it. So you are being graded. (laughs) Three foundations. Who knows what our number one foundation at Impact Rock is? I heard, I heard it here. Profound love for God. I heard something in the back. Was that right after also? Number one, profound love for God. Number two, a different person. Amy gets a gold star. I wish I had gold stars. You would totally get one. Uh, what's that second foundation? Anyone else know? Genuine love for his church. That's number two. And then number three, that third foundation that we that we preach and who we are. Anyone know what it is? <laughs> hey, nice. You guys. <laughs> Profound love for God. Genuine love for His church. Demonstrative love for His lost. All three of these foundations are found in this passage we just read. We are to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. That's what we refer to as having a profound love for God. There's not anything within us that we reserve for ourselves. All of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength, we love Him. We love Him. It starts there. If it doesn't start and end there, we are faking it when we try and do anything else. Because we're trying to do it from something that's not a a true, real, genuine, profound love. And and we'll run out of steam, we'll run out of energy, we'll run out of heart. Because our heart is not big enough to love the way that Jesus loved. Without Him, we're not capable of it. And who are our neighbors? We're told in this passage to love our neighbors. Who are our neighbors? His church is lost. Everyone. His church and his lost. We're to love them genuinely. We're to demonstrate that love passionately. That's who we are. There are no greater commands given us than these three things found in this passage. Our genuine love for each other, it's got to be real. That means that that being flawed, being messed up people at times, we we love each other. We don't eat we don't eat our wounded, right? We don't sit there and when someone's hurt, we just cast them out. When someone's wounded and when they're ugly and when it just got messy, we turn our backs on them. We love each other. Why? Because that's what. Our Savior. That's the example He set for us. And we demonstrate that love to the world. 
If we don't love each other, there's no sense us going outside these doors trying to take anything to them. Because they'll look and go, I see the way you jokers treat each other. I don't want to be a part of that. Right? But when they come in, they should go, I see how you guys treat each other. Can I be a part of that? Absolutely. What are the requirements? You got them. You're, we love you. That's who we are. I mean, we could end right now. That's who we are. When we talk about vision, everything comes from that. Everything comes from that. We don't attempt anything without first doing this. Amen? We're not going to end now because I only get to preach once a week. This week, I only get to preach twice a week, but still, that's not enough. We started teaching on these foundations almost a year ago exactly. Almost a year ago, we, st- we started teaching. We had the series. Who remembers, other than the three who answered, who remembers the series, the series name that we preached on for 14 weeks? We had graphics. It was really cool. There were wings, a crest. Andy? Heritage. Heritage. That was the name of the series. Why do we call it Heritage? Because this is what we're leaving behind. This is what we're all about. This is what Jesus handed off to us. We bear his name. And this is what we are leaving behind. Period. Period. As we talk about vision, it's important to keep in mind that these three foundations will keep us focused on what God's called us to do. We can't lose track of that. When we talk about vision, if it doesn't fall into these three things, then we're, we're probably missing the mark on it. Because if it doesn't fall into these three things, I guarantee we're making it about us and not about Him. And we ain't doing that. Every new idea, every ministry, anything that we implement, everything we do at Impact Rock, we will always fall under these three foundations. And everything we do at this church should fall under that number one category. Profound love for God. Matthew 3, 13 through 17. What an awesome passage this is. Let's grasp the power of this scripture. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Question. What world-changing sermon had Jesus preached prior to this? What miraculous miracle had he performed to the masses Prior to this, he hadn't done the work of the cross. He hadn't preached a message to the masses. He hadn't healed the sick. Prior to this declaration of God saying, This is my son whom I love. In him I am pleased. Jesus hadn't done anything. This was the beginning of his ministry. This is the God that we profoundly love, 
Because He loves us so much to say, you haven't done a darn thing. You haven't done a darn thing. I'm so proud of you. I'm so pleased by you. I love you so much. You see, because it's not about what we do for God. That is not why He loves us. It's not about us earning His favor and affection, which I so want to. I so like to please my daddy. So do we. But it's not about that. It's not about what we can do for Him. That's the God we serve. He just loves us because He is perfect. And His love is perfect. As we talk about vision and what we're doing, please, friends, let's keep in mind, it is not about us earning God's approval or His affection because we've already got it. We've already got it. He loves us. Love this. Love that passage. Jesus hadn't done anything yet. God's like, He can't hold it in. He can't help Himself. He feels the same way about you and I. When we think about His love, He can't help Himself. He loves you. He loves me. Man, this is good. I don't want to preach anything else. But His love. And so we profoundly love Him. We don't reserve anything. We don't hold anything back. We love Him with all that we have. Why do do we give? Because we love Him. Because we trust Him. Why do we worship? Because we love Him. Because we can't help it. Everything we do starts and ends with our profound love for God. Amen? Mm. Genuine love for His church. That second principle, that second foundation. 1 John 4, 7 says this, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. We've got to love each other. We gotta love each other. We love each other. Anyone who comes through those doors, we'll love them. We're not selective about our love for one another. And we're not selective about just loving the people that are show up here Saturday nights at five o'clock. We Karen and I were just talking about this is like totally spontaneous, like, yes, this is awesome. Registered a domain name. Uh, this week called Eriechurch.com. Erieschurch.com. And we're gonna we're just gonna list every church in Erie. We're gonna ask the pastors to, to write something. We're gonna list every church. And we're just Erie's Church. Hey, welcome to Erie. You want to go to Erie's Church? Here they are. Isn't that awesome? We grow his kingdom. We get people to go to every church in Erie. We're included in that. Let's grow every church in Erie. Let's grow every church in Erie. Let's pray for every pastor in Erie. Let's bless. Isn't that good? Our, our genuine love for His church is not confined to the people that, that will make up Impact Rock. The simplicity of our call to demonstrate Jesus' love. Demonstrative love for His lost. Luke 9, 1 and 2, and then verse 6 says this. When Jesus had called the twelve together, He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Verse 6. So they set out and went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. 
we don't have to we don't have to overcomplicate the demonstration that we're supposed to do to this world. It is it is a simple message. We go we go to those who are lost and those who are precious to our Lord. And we go and we let them know the good news of Jesus Christ, not the not the, you know, wages of sin message, but the good news of Jesus Christ. We demonstrate it to them with a love that is real and that's not easily offended or not easily wounded. Or, and we heal the sick. The sick in body and the sick in heart. There's a lot of broken people. And you know what? They don't have to be saved for us to be healed. We go and we, we lay hands on them and we see God heal them. They'll, they'll trust in Jesus. They'll give their lives to Jesus. Their healing of whatever brokenness is in their life is not dependent on their faith or belief. We see in the Word, Jesus healed because of their faith, of their lack of faith, or their friend's faith. I mean, it's just random. His love is so profound for us. When we're, we're surrounded by people who are broken, who are hurting. Hey, brother, can I pray for you? Hey, friend. Do you mind if I just pray for you? I've asked that question probably probably thousands of times. Probably. And that's not an exaggeration. I might be able to count on two hands how many times someone's told me no. And then of those who told me no, I can tell you I can tell you how many times I took no for an answer. And I'm gonna pray for you anyway. Because you're my buddy. And you ain't got no choice. We demonstrate His love. So that's who we are. Everything that we are going to be doing this year is based on all that, guys. Everything. Everything. Everything we do. Don't want to neglect you guys, so I'm just going to preach to you guys for all. Everything we're doing. excited <laughs> so um so we're just getting ready we're in that season of transition you know when the winds start to blow and everyone kind of huh what's god doing that's what we sense and we want to communicate this as we feel like god's saying it's a new season not necessarily the year what are we doing in 2012 kind of yearly goals that's not what tonight is tonight is casting vision for this season. It might be a year, it might be six years, might be four years, whatever that looks like. We just feel the Lord and his wind blowing and saying, it's it's time for change and it's time for that new freshness of his spirit. And that we talked about a little bit at our anniversary, how we were like babies and, and that wasn't a bad thing. We were learning and growing and we we're fumbling along. And we we're trying to figure everything out. And it's like a toddler. And I think I shared that that night. Now we get to go out if you know a toddler, they don't know any boundaries. They think the world is at their disposal to touch <laughs> and do stuff and knock over and make a mess of and build and right. They're all over the place. And that is a good example to us of what we feel like the Lord is calling us to do, that it's that time that we're not babies anymore. We kind of know we've got some roots down. We've got a good foundation. We're solid. We're trusting God. We've made those networking and that bond as a family to go forward. 
And now we feel the Lord saying, all right, everything that you've got, go out with it. Go do something with it. Who are you going to touch? Who are you going to love? What are you going to do about that? Like the toddler that's just like, sweet, mom's not watching. Woohoo! And they get to go out and they get to do stuff. And so we're excited that the Lord is like, all right, let's do this thing. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, everything that we talked about for the, for the last three foundations, we are passionate about. Obviously, Mark just shared, we are passionate about those things because everything that we do here, ideas, visions, ministries, thoughts, how we implement things, are going to line up with those things. And that will be easy to keep us on track with who he is and what he's called us to do because they're simple and they're easy and they're biblical and everything that we do should be grounded out of that. So our question tonight for each one of us is what is God calling us to do? Both as a church, corporately, and individually. I think all of you know Rich and Cheryl. They're not here tonight, but they run a ministry that they put together baskets. We all helped. We donated food and sugar and items for them to bake. We baked cookies, and some of us helped put the baskets together and deliver them. That doesn't benefit Impact Rock, and it shouldn't. It's a ministry that God has put in their heart that we have joined alongside of them and said, let's do this thing. We're getting ready to join up with a group called Erie Uplink, and they help kids in the schools that can't, they come to school and they basically found out about it because kids were showing up at school and about 10, 30, 11, they'd start crying. And the teachers were like, what is wrong? And they found out these kids aren't eating breakfast. They're not getting fed at home. And so they began to start these tiger packs. And so any day that there's not school, on Friday they send home a backpack of unperishable foods and that gives the kid food all weekend long. And then they bring the backpack empty to school on Monday. So anytime there's President's Day or, anything, or spring break. I met with these three women who founded it. Their heart is for eerie. Yeah. And somebody asked them, are you going to do this other places? And they're like, mm, I don't think so. We're called to eerie. We're called to these kids. And I'm like, what can we do? Sign us up. So we're getting ready to do that next month to help these kids. But it's not about our church. We're not trying to grow our church. We're trying to grow the kingdom. And so what this looks like, we got a word before we left and got sent out from our last church. And the guy said, when you go plant your church, you put down foundation and you put down the main structure. Like when you build a house, you have the main beams, you have the main foundation. And he said, don't do anything else. And I was like, okay. And he said, because what's going to happen is God is going to send people to impact rock And they're going to be the ones who are going to build the spare room or build out the loft or fix up the backyard, meaning it's the vision and the heart that are in you guys and the other people that God is going to send to go, hey, we need a women's thing. Or, hey, what about our youth? What's going on with that? And it's going to be birthed not necessarily from us, although that's our heart and the lead team, that's our heart, those things we've been praying in, the intercessors have been praying them in. But we can't make all that happen because we are the body. That's right. And so tonight we're asking God, God, what is it that you want me to do? What is it that you've put in my heart to do? It could be something in here, the worship team or helping with the kids or whatever. It could be something totally unrelated that you're like, there's this thing, there's these people and God's stirring my heart and I don't know what to do. We will join with you and we will pray and we will see what God wants to do. When I was um, a youth intern, Um, at Heritage Christian Center. It's a 4,000-member church at the time, huge church. 
I was helping out, and in our youth group, there were sprouting all these teen moms. Just, there's another teen mom, there's another teen mom. And I was like, what are we doing about this? So I went to my pastor and said, Pastor Debbie, we need a teen mom ministry. We have like all these teen moms and they don't know what they're doing and their parents are freaking out. And what are we doing about this? And my heart was breaking. I was finding myself in tears over them and burdened that we had to do something. And she said, Kara, start a teen mom ministry. And I'm like, Pastor Debbie, I'm 19 and I'm not pregnant. So I don't know how I can relate to this situation. And she said, you could do it. And she kind of gave me some people to talk to. I had to learn about WIC and all these different programs to help the girls. I joined up with the uh, YWAM, the local YWAM, and a lady started mentoring me. And we started a teen mom program. Hmm. And there were a couple broken women, ladies. And I didn't, I didn't know what to do. But I just started meeting with them. And I started pouring out my heart, Jesus loves you. I don't know why this happened. Let's pray through this. Let's see what we can do. I started meeting with the parents. Can we help you get your relationship better? You know, whatever. And before I knew it, I had 15, 20 teen moms in this program. I didn't know what I was doing. But God blessed it and trained me up because I had a heart for it. So I want to encourage you with that story because God might stir something in you. And you might think, I'm not qualified. I can't do that. That's bigger than me. Well, that's a sure sign that it's God, right? If it's bigger than you, if you can think it up yourself, you know, God's always way bigger, way more out there than we are. So tonight, we want you to ask yourself, what is God putting on my heart? What do I have that burden for? What people, what things? Where do I see a need and I think, gosh, someone needs to do that? Maybe it's you. What is God calling us to? What's God calling you to? The answer to that question is easy. What's He stirring within you? Number one, what's He stirring within you? Number two, what has He given you a heart to do? And number three, what has He put in front of you to do? You know, Kara very easily could have been like, Oh, there's all these teen moms, all these hurting young girls who were just, you know, Lord, they, they just need someone to guide them. And Lord's like, I want you to guide them. Lord, you totally have to do something for them, God. I know, that's why I called you. That's why I put it on your heart. That's why I put it in front of you. Mm-hmm. All right, Lord, I guess you just don't got anything for them. I mean, don't we do that sometimes? Lord, you got to call someone else. You got to call someone who's anointed. I'm not anointed. I'm just me. Uh, Lord, I, I'm totally ill-equipped. I mean, do you mean like Peter ill-equipped or like, you know, love Peter, fisherman, man of God extraordinaire, totally ill-equipped, but called. You see, he's already called us. The calling that he has for us, it's already come forth. He's already called us. When we hear him, we respond quickly and excitedly most of the time. Hopefully, you know, that's our response. Yes, oh my gosh, I hear the call, I do it. But what about the times we don't hear it? Or what about the times we're just too stubborn? Or dense? Or, I mean, sometimes it's not a bad motive. Sometimes we're just a little slow on the uptake. What does he do in those examples? 
When we don't hear Him, how does He communicate His calling to us? He stirs us. He has a heartbreak for something. And He puts things in front of us. If you're experiencing one of those things, God is calling you. If you're experiencing one of those things, God is communicating the what He wants you to do. Period. Period. It doesn't have to be profound. It doesn't, the lightning doesn't have to strike. And Tim Tebow doesn't have to confirm it. If your heart's breaking for something, then just say, yes, Lord. I want you guys to know there's a place for you here. There's a place for you here. I love the fact... You know what? I love the fact that tonight I didn't have my stuff together. You know, I'm like, hey, could someone, you know, pin this in? And oh, we got to, you know, spin this thing around. I love that. I love that we're not totally, completely polished. Because you know what? When you walk into a church and they're just totally polished, you're like, man, they don't need me here. They got their stuff together. I want you to know you are needed here. You are needed here. We are doing a work for the Lord and we can't do it with just a small handful of people. The impact we're supposed to make, we need we need some workers. We need some people who are willing to say yes to God. We don't have it all together. We're missing some parts. We're missing uh, a femur. You know, we're missing a couple phalanges. Uh, I think we might be missing an elbow. We got the butt covered. We're good. We got actually got an excess. I'm just kidding. We don't have an excess of butts. But we kind of, you know... We're missing some parts. And God's faithful to bring it in. I, I never want someone to walk. If we're a church for a thousand people, I don't want people to walk in and go, man, they got it all covered. There's no place for me here. That's not the body. Do you see a necessary ministry or a need that's not being met yet? We've had conversations with people in this church about hey, our heart is this and we just don't see this here and and our response has been, why do you think God called you? Why do you think God brought you to Impact Rock? Because you have a passion for something that God has a passion for and it wasn't currently moving in this church and so he brought you in so that it would be. Doesn't that make sense? You walk in and go, well, man, my heart's totally for this and, and this church doesn't seem to have a heart for it. Why do you think God just brought you here? to fill that place to to be that part you know the stewards are a great example of that John and Sharon God's put things on their hearts to do and we're like thank you Lord do it move in it so you know they came and said you know you mentioned door to door ministry one time we want to we want to run with it so you know what John and Sharon are over our door to door ministry i don't know what it looks like or or how often it's going to take place but we're going to support them in in leading it and and if you need if that is your heart say i don't know if it's my heart i'm just going can i wait in the car hey absolutely we need to wait in the car while someone goes door to door ministry Actually, that's just a support ministry of the door-to-door ministry. But it was on their heart. Something stirred within them. You know what's amazing? Within a three-day period here recently, unprovoked or initiated by Kara or I, we had conversations with, with Brian and then Michael and Tiffany. 
So Brian and Wendy, Michael and Tiffany, and then Andy. Within a three-day period, it was a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, that they're like, hey, you know, we it's time to get this home group Bible study going. So you know what's cool? Westminster, Erie, Longmont. Within a three-day period. So home groups and Bible studies. You know, we're seeing that come forth. Praise God. We didn't plan it. We didn't put together a strategy team meeting or anything. It was on their hearts to do. And so we're doing it. We're moving for it. This is how our prayer ministries were birthed. Mark, Kara, we need we need a weekly prayer meeting. Boom, start it. Okay, so then Anthony started it. And they came back and they're like, we need prayer before the service. Boom. Pre-service prayer, just part of the prayer ministry. You know, the prayer ministry is growing. That's how it happens. You know what would be a huge mess? You know what would be a huge failure? If I put forth effort to start every ministry that's supposed to be in this church. What a mess that would be. What a failure that would be. But when it comes from us, how awesome that is. Impact Rock is a work in progress and we need more workers. You know, Karen and I, a little plug for Whimsy Paint and Sip right across the street here. Um, there's a place right across the street here called Whimsy Paint and Sip where you can go and you can paint and you can sip a glass of wine or that's, that's the name Paint and Sip. And so Karen and I had a date night there and we're painting and they said, you know, we're going to paint this cool picture of a tree with snow and a cardinal. And I'm like... I ain't paying, painting a picture of no cardinal and no snowy tree. So I'm like, do I have to? They're like, no, you can paint whatever you want. I'm like, awesome. So I was gonna, I was gonna paint a moose. I'm like, a moose, <laughs> a moose would be cool. But I don't know why. I was gonna paint a moose. So I started painting. And then I just started praying in the spirit. And I noticed my strokes were very, they were very broad like this. And so I'm doing the background. I'm just putting a background wash. My degree was in graphic design. So I kind of knew what I was doing. But I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to paint? Because if I don't hear anything, I'm painting a moose. <laughs> so, so I just started painting, and you know, and I knew what color scheme our house was. So I'm like, I want something that'll match our color. So I, I chose a palette, and I just start doing these strokes. And the Lord speaks to me and says, "Pray to the Lord of the harvest that He will send workers." Romans nine thirty eight. And Matthew, uh, thank you. <laughs> One of them books. So, so this is the painting that I just started doing. I just started doing these strokes. And the next thing I know, I start painting wheat. And um, I want to read this passage, Matthew 9, 35 through 38. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So I hung this, actually Kara hung it going down a stairwell. And every time I walk past it, it's kind of like, you know, like football players that like hit, you know, be a champion today or something when they're walking out the tunnel. I look to it and I say, 
O Lord of the harvest, send workers and raise up the workers that you already sent us because the harvest is great. You guys are part of this call. If you're here, you're part of this call because he doesn't call a, a, a man to get up and do it. He calls a body of people, his body, to get, to get up and do it. Right? If God has called you here, then he's called you to work those fields. And if he hasn't called you here, he's called you somewhere else to work those fields.